0: Wherever you are, put those hands together and celebrate the Lord our God. Come on and bless Him. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. While we are yet standing, I would that you would open your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah. Amen. We're going to uh, traverse the book just a little. Nehemiah chapter one we will launch from there verses one through three and then we'll travel over to chapter two maybe be stationary for a moment in verses one through six I'll repeat these again and then chapter six verses one through three and conclude in 15 and 16 as I have said I will repeat them again won't you turn to somebody and say, "Did you hear what he said?" Mm-hmm. Mm. Nehemiah, chapter one, verses one through three. These, or the words of Nehemiah, the son of Helciah, and it came to pass in the month Cheslu, in the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan the palace that Hanani, and I one of my brethren came he and certain men of Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem and they said unto me the remnant are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire chapter 2 verses 1 through 6 reads as follows and it came to pass in the month Nisan in the 12th, excuse me, in the 20th year of Adorexius the king that wine was before him and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart, that I was very afraid, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, if it pleased the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. Verse 6. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For now, for, for how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return so it pleased the king to send me and I set him a time praise the Lord and I set him a time let's go to chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 and then we'll conclude there in 15 and 16 chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 now it came to pass when Sambalat and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. That Sambalot and Gershom sent unto me, saying, "Come, let us meet together in some one of the vill- of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief look at this unravel and I sent messengers unto them saying I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you Mm, 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 mm. we're going to conclude in verses 15 and 16 hear the story So the wall was finished in the 12th and fifteenth and the 5th day of the month Elu, in 50 and 2 days, and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought or done of our God. And the word of the Lord is tremendously blessed. You may have your seats. Praise the Lord. On this morning, we are going to conclude, if the Lord says the same. This part three of the subject Maintain your good works Come on and say that with me Maintain Maintain. your good works That's the message from the Lord today You've got to continue to do the good that you're doing You've got to continue to work diligently In that which you're doing That will bring glory and honor to God For whatever brings glory and honor to God Is ultimately good for you Whether you can perceive good in it or not Because Romans 8 and 28 says what? How many things? All All things work together for the good For those that love God and are called according To his purpose Come on somebody, somebody give God praise Look at somebody and tell them It's working for your good It's working for your good Maintain Your good works. In life, nothing, did he say nothing? Nothing. In life, nothing will ever turn out like you expect it unless you monitor it, inspect it. And at the necessary time and in the way that God would have you correct it it is required it is necessary you must monitor your relationship with one another you must monitor your relationship with God to make sure that everything is fine-tuned and in order Good doesn't always just happen. Success is never an accident. (laughs) I said success is never an accident. Ah. I have a saying, and the saying is, if you don't inspect, then you should not expect. (laughs) If you, ch- if you don't check it out, if you don't examine whatever it is, <laughs> uh, check it out. Try baking a cake and don't check on it for three, two and three, four hours. It could be the end of everything, <laughs> including your life. You won't have to worry about how it tastes because you'll never get to taste it. Is this making any sense to anyone? It is unusual for anything to continuously operate without the need of giving attention to it. Hear me. I just gave an example about a cake, but uh, let me deal with the men, because you know, we're more mechanical. Can you imagine uh, getting the car of your dreams, whatever it is, you, you, you can imagine it, and driving it or attempting to drive it for an entire year without changing the oil, without checking the tire air pressure, Watch this, try going as long as you can without checking or putting any gasoline in it. You won't get very far. And so the things that we set out to do, our assignments, whether it be relationship, whether it be fixing or completing or creating, whatever it is, if you do not inspect, you should not what? Expect. If you're going to maintain your good works unto God, it is absolutely necessary that you have a checklist. (laughs) Here's mine. Do you have your checklist? It's called the Holy Bible, the written word. And then. There's another way that God gives you a checklist or reminds you, and that's through that rhema ear. That he gives that he'll speak in an instant He'll speak when you don't expect it He'll speak when you pray and ask for a word Watch this He'll speak when you don't know to ask for a word When there is impending danger around a corner You didn't know to ask You didn't know to pray God will send a warning some kind of way He'll speak to your heart He'll put a blockade in front of you (laughs) See that's why you've got to learn Not to curse every blockade that comes your way Sometimes it's trying to slow you up. Sometimes it's trying to bring you to a stop. That God knows what's in front of you. And you don't need to see that. Trying to help somebody. That's why the Bible lets us know that when we pray. And when we talk to God. The leading thing that we should say. Father thy will be done. Thy will be done so I love this story. It's been a while since I uh, taught or preached from the book of Nehemiah. I encourage you to read the entire book. There's so many nuggets there, so many things that we need to know and understand. It'll bless you real good, the book of Nehemiah. But there are several uh, things that excite me about the story of Nehemiah specifically, which I feel uh, should also excite and would encourage you. Number one one it shows it proves that god can and will use anyone did he say anyone anyone regardless of your social status or standing regardless of your economic means or standing regardless of your ancestry <laughs> In order to perform a great thing he will use you how do I know this the Bible lets us know that Nehemiah's occupation was a cup bearing. he followed the king around whenever the king wanted a drink of wine he was there to first of all before he poured the wine for the king he had to taste the wine to make sure there was no poison in it It was a dangerous job because the Kings had enemies and you never know when one might slip up and put something in his drink or in his food how many will take that job what's the minimum wage in Connecticut $12 or they gave y'all a raise that much huh $12 how many would take that job? You know that there's a good opportunity or a good chance that there might be poison to drink. That someone wants to kill the king and you have to drink it first. Amen. King stands back and says, well, if he live, I guess I'll have a little drink. But God will even use a cupbearer. Anyone, uh, I know this is right. And I want you to know and understand today that I know that the promises of God, the Bible, and it is promised to Abraham's seed. Talk about pedigree, talk about genealogy. You want to be in this promise? You must be of Abraham's seed. But I'm not worried about that because the Bible lets me know that I am Abraham's seed. I don't live in Jerusalem. I think I've been to Judah. I've been to Bethlehem and those places. But that's not where I'm from. I'm not from that lineage, but yet I'm still Abraham's seed. Come on, somebody ask me how. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and 29, it says, and if he be Christ. Possibly yes. that's possession if ye be Christ then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise hold up. I got a shout right there I am a child a promise I am of the seed of Abraham and therefore every promise in the book my God everything good that God said is mine it's mine it's mine, mine because I am Abraham see why because I belong to Christ Jesus somebody ought to shout on that praise God And another thing that I learned from this powerful story, my goodness, uh, Nehemiah had a desire to do something, and he went about it in the right way to get it done. Watch the lesson that I've learned. I want you to get this. I I want you to get this. And that is, if you can perceive it and believe it, if there is any honor in it, God will help you to achieve it. If what you want to do is an honorable thing, and if it'll bring glory to God, then God will help, oh my God. I said God will help you to perform it. You gotta get this people of God. Is it honorable what you desire? Is the approach or the way in which you wanna go about obtaining it, is it honorable? Because if it is, God will help you perform it. You know, y'all excuse me, but I'm not so inclined to believe that God wants you to or do not want you to to live in the mansion on the hill. I think that it's all right with God if you live in the hut in the valley. But what's really important is that you live for him whether in the mansion or in the hut. Because here's another reality, there's some that can't handle the mansion. And there are some that will sin or do wrong if they're living in the hut or vice versa in fact, there's a scripture, and I forget if it's in Proverbs or in Psalms, but there's a scripture where the writer says, I thank God, and I'm paraphrasing, I I, paraphrase, I thank God that I'm not wealthy so that in it I would forget God, nor I thank God that I am not poor that I would steal to achieve. But I've learned that wherever you are, you can be sanctified. I've learned that wherever you are, you can be holy. I've learned that wherever you are, you can maintain your standard of holy living. Because in the end, what matters is where we spend eternity. And only what you do for Christ will last. I'm preaching to somebody. Can somebody be a witness here? And so if you can perceive it and believe it, if there's any honor in it, God will help you to achieve it. There is no level of brokenness that God cannot heal or rebuild. That's a powerful story. You you don't have anything that's so broken or messed up that God can't put it back together again. I think the symbolism of the Ten Commandments being broken, but yet God, do you know that the Ten Commandments were chiseled out on three different occasions with the same, for the same people in the same situation? Moses threw it down and broke it. Moses threw it down and broke it. Moses threw it down and broke it. On the third time, God says, "All right, all right. This time, you, you get a stone, and and you you get a and you chisel it out." <laughs> Which lets us know that God is able to put it back Himself. God is able to put it back Himself, and God is able to use you to put it back again there's something that God will do for you but there are other things that God will do through you but you've got to be willing and say yes and let God use you to maintain your good works don't tell me you can't live safe don't tell me you just couldn't handle it you could handle it. you made a decision not to handle it because you weren't self-disciplined enough to maintain your composure. But God will help you if you want to be helped. Let me deal with this story here because my time is still ticking away. In the story here, at the beginning, at the onset, Nehemiah was talking with his fellow Jews in a place called Shushan, Shushan, where the palace was. They had gone there, uh, obviously, to rest or to deal there. The kings had many different palaces and places that they would relax at. And so... At this particular time they were there in Shushan, whereupon some of the brethren from Jerusalem came up, and uh, Nehemiah asked them, Well, how's everybody doing? Because several years ago, uh, many had escaped from the captivity of Persia and gone back to Jerusalem. There were at least uh, three times that they came back or went back to Jerusalem. The first time um, was uh, 90 years prior to this occasion. Ruben, I'm trying to think of, of, of the name of the. Ruben, well, either way, uh, they went back and they were supposed to reestablish everything, clean up everything that had been destroyed. And then the second time that. Um, there was a group of exiles that went back to Jerusalem That were supposed to fix everything up and reestablish Was with Ezra the priest So the first time they went back It was to reestablish and build everything up physically The second time when the priest came back They were supposed to reestablish everything spiritually But they still didn't get it right They were taking care of themselves. Building their own houses, but not taking care of the walls of the city. Not fortifying the area. Taking care of their own business, but not taking care of God's business. You will never be truly successful if all you think about is taking care of you. And not God's. I'm trying to help somebody today. But here was another chance. First time, second time, third time. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God will tarry with you. God will long suffer with you to get it right. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. And so there it was that he learned of the terrible situation that was back in Jerusalem. The people were there, but they hadn't done what they were supposed to do. This broke Nehemiah's heart. And this is the response that we as the people of God should always have when we see that the work of the Lord is not being done. When we see that holiness is not moving through the land. You ought to care that the folk in your community don't know Jesus. You need to do something about it. Instead of talking about, well, why don't they do it? Why don't they do it? Why don't you do your part? Because if you do your part, and I do my part, and they do their part, all together we'll get it done. And so, this news was disturbing to Nehemiah. And so, he sought the king's permission. I want you to see this revelation here. He sought the king's permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild its broken walls. And to rebuild its broken people. He went to the king. Look at this. When you need help, it's so important to know who to go to. When you need real help, you gotta go to the king. Come on, I'm talking about the king of kings. The lord of lords. What's his name? What's his name? Jesus. You got to learn to call on the name of the lord because he will get it done and or he will help you to get it done. And here's the thing, Nehemiah knew, come on and say he knew. knew. Nehemiah knew that God could use his leadership talents and his special giftings to work the works that needed to be done that God would be glorified even in Jerusalem. You've got to understand I don't care how much of what you think you need that you have But God has deposited already in you what you need to perform excellently and to get the job done But you've got to know that But the Bible lets us know that Nehemiah was confident that God placed in him what was necessary He was excellent in leadership He was excellent in skill He had wisdom, he had know-how He might not have known everything but he could figure it out That's the beauty of wisdom. You don't have to know everything, but you can figure it out. You ever been in a situation uh, uh, and you were a novice in that situation. You had never encountered such a thing, but you looked at it. You examined it. You said, Lord, if you just help me. And all of a sudden thoughts start coming to you and you put your hand to the wheel you put your hand to the plow you put your hand my God in the midst and things began to work out that's how you got to tackle that problem that you're dealing with but you got to know to go to the king you got to know who to call when trouble comes is this blessing anybody (laughs) Nehemiah Praying into action. When he was confident knowing I can do this. And even if I can't, the God that lives in me can. I'm willing. And you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, which is acceptable unto God. Come on, somebody, step forward. He he sprung into action. Can I tell you something? That thing that you're looking to get done, and you try to look out and see somebody in this one and that one. First thing, you gotta start someplace. You start in faith. If you never start, you will surely never finish. But you gotta take a step. Don't tell me oh, I'm scared. Well, go on with your scared stuff and just step out in faith. God is not intimidated by your by your fear but he will help you if you'll only believe, if you call on his name. (laughs) I guess this is just old school preaching, but it's still right. So look at what he did. If you read the story, he formed a strategy for success and determined that he would not stop until the work was completed. That's the attitude that you must have. I told you all time and time again, you have not failed Until what? Until you quit. I don't care, well I care, but if you fall down seven times, you're not a quitter, as long as you get up seven times. Look at somebody say, get back in the race, get back in the race. And so here's the key part in his strategy that he employed, it included the help of God you can't go wrong with that strategy Whew. he had God in the midst and so I've got to conclude I pray y'all getting this word today uh, Let me give you some do's and don'ts as we started uh, a couple of weeks ago. If I could just finish it, do's and don'ts in order to maintain your good works because Nehemiah is a success story. Nehemiah is a success story. Do you want a success story today? (laughs) Nehemiah. Number one, don't. Do not abandon the good that you have already begun. See, when you start, many times you'll discover that you've already started. Because you've been being prepared without knowing you've been prepared. Whatever you need it's already deposited in you now you have to use it and so your start begun long time ago You just didn't realize it. You have the goods Confess it to yourself. I've got the goods. I've got the goods if you've got God you have the goods Got the goods so don't abandon the good that you've already begun I get tired of hearing people quit because they look at themselves not from the eyes or the perspective of God, but from the eyes and perspective of failed men, not just men, but failed men. Oh, I can't, I can't do anything right. I never get anything right. Have you ever lied? I mean, have you ever said that to yourself? I never can get anything right. I always mess up. Well, if you could never get anything right and always mess up, you wouldn't be here now. But we buy into the lie. (sighs) Don't abandon the good that you've already begun. Let me deal with it here as I see it. Nehemiah, as he was building... Wall That God directed him to rebuild He refused to be distracted Oh the enemy will try and distract you Whatever good you desire to do The enemy will try and distract you The Bible says that Sambalot Tobiah and even others tried to stop him. Listen, if you know the story, watch this. They tried insults, they tried ridicule, they even threatened them, and they even tried to sabotage the work. You ever had anyone absolutely, and you know, they smile in your face all the time while trying to take your place? That hmm mm-hmm. You know, I love. Why don't you just let me help you all along? They're putting poison in your drink. Come on cupbearer They'll even come with you you know they don't really love you You, only I really care for you You know, it's just me just you and me liar liar perks on fire Sabotage Why you're not looking They're undermining you That's why you got to learn to hear God Rather than people Because by visual approach It looks like they're on your side Because they're dressed right They smile at the right times They even give you gifts on your birthday But the power is in knowing By the spirit of God Who's with you and who's against you I don't care how many times your enemies smile in your face and tell you correct, true things as is convenient to them, you better hear the Spirit of the Lord. We're living in a day that you've got to hear and know the voice of God over man. Say, "Come on down, Nehemiah, We want to talk. You just lying, you want to get me to stop the work. And tell me something. Hey, listen to the ridiculousness of the enemy. They say, "Come down, stop the work. Come down and talk to us. Can I ask you something? You asking me to come down. Why does everybody have to stop working just for you to talk to me? Something fishy up in here. If it doesn't, no, no, what is it? What did they say? If it quacks like a duck, walk like a duck, what is it? It's a duck. Call it what it is. And so they wanted him to stop the work because they were jealous. They were envious. They didn't want the Jews to become more powerful. Because they had used tactics And, uh, and uh, uh, All kinds of techniques To get them to lose their power And to fall out of favor with God Don't ever let anyone To convince you or get you To fall out of favor with God They're not going to tell you what I ultimately want Is for you to fall out of favor with God They're going to Advertise the good Or desirable things To get you <sighs> wish I had time to talk about those things but I don't but Nehemiah like us wasn't going for it and he was man enough to stand up for righteousness to stand up for God to stand up when he knew was his calling and say no 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 In Nehemiah 6 and 3, he sent messages to him. He didn't even take the time to go himself because he was spiritually intelligent enough to know, I'm not stopping anything. But he sent messages and told him, he says, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Hmm. And so you've got to be determined to keep on to do the work of the Lord, even in the face of controversy, even in the face of threats or sabotage. Number two, I want to tell you, I'm going to close with this one. I want to tell you what to do. What to do. Do be strong and determined to finish your course. What did he say? Do be strong and determined to finish your course. Oh, I think we ought to give Nehemiah a hand today. Come on, somebody. Give him a hand, give him a hand. Listen, 2 Timothy 2 and 1 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I like verse 3 there where it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Temptations will come. Challenges will come. Sabotage will come. These things will come. Storms will come. Tests will come. But you must be self-disciplined it's so important that you get this it's so important you must be self-disciplined yes the spirit of God will lead you the spirit of the Lord will speak to you but if you're not self-disciplined you will simply discount What the Lord God is doing in your life And what he's saying to you So people of God, I come to tell you today You must be self-disciplined And committed Come on and say, self-disciplined And committed To your cause And your course As an individual Because you can't always be In the church where it's easy To praise God sometimes you will be in diverse situations where it's difficult to praise god but if you can get your breakthrough if you can be self-disciplined enough to praise god anyhow help will come deliverance will come but you've got to be self-disciplined you've got to get yourself under control come on and say self-discipline we are living in a day that discipline is no longer respected or rewarded in society. The society don't care nothing about self-discipline. In fact, they will tell you if it feel good, do it. They will tell you if it feel good and the one that you're doing it with feels good and y'all don't have a problem, keep on doing what you're doing. No self-discipline. But you've got to learn to say no. To sin, you've gotta to learn to say no to the enemy. You've gotta to learn to say no. Oh my god, my god, you gotta train yourself, discipline yourself, and watch this the truth of the matter is you know when you need to say no because the holy ghost will not allow you to walk ignorantly but here's the situation god is not going to wrestle you down to the floor and say didn't i tell you to say no didn't i tell you not to do it i remember see. God won't do what, I can't talk about you, but God won't do what my parents did when I got a whipping. My daddy used to whip me real good, and I deserved every one of those beatings, and you know, I know y'all, y'all go to time out. There was no time out. It was belt time. It was, it was extension cord time. It was beating time. <laughs> Y'all heard about military? No, no, baby. It was beating time. <laughs> you, you remember the switch? You remember the switch? I I, I remember that my, my grandmother would say, when you act up, she said, Go out there and find me a switch. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And watch this. When you went out and looked for a switch, you better not bring no little twig up in here. When you bring a little, t- no, 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 baby, no, no, no. Go and get that limb off the tree. <laughs> and apply it, you get it applied to the buttocks. I know they don't teach that anymore. I know they try to put people in jail right now say buttocks in the church they would apply it to the glutamus maximus to the maximus (laughs) until it was like fire and the Bible lets us know that that's a way of correction I didn't say nothing about killing nobody as you can see I'm still here I'm still alive I don't want with a limp. I don't drag a leg, but because I got a whipping, I still got a leg. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know that the scripture is incorrectly quoted. Spare the rod, spoil the child. That's not a scripture. It's a right saying, but it is descriptive of a true scripture that means the same thing. Let me get back on track. So, see, our parents would say, "If you can't have no self-discipline, I'll give you." The Bible says, "He hoped us; he hoping in us." Well, our parents back then would hope us, help us. Oh my God. But there's no respect in our society for true discipline. So we've got to discipline ourselves. God has given you the power to discipline yourself. Ha, ah, he's given us the power to discipline ourselves. That's how Paul could say, I fought a good fight. I've run the course. And therefore now, there is a crown that set for me, not only for me, but for each and every one of you that disciplined yourself, that walked by spirit and not by sight, that trusted God and brought yourself under. I'm trying to help somebody understand Bible. The revised English virgin says Paul says but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after I have preached to others I would be disqualified. Paul says I've got to live this word that I preach about because I don't want somebody after hearing the powerful word of God I know it's true then to see me later acting the fool to be responsible for what you believe. you got to be responsible to do what you know that God has called you to do. I come to tell somebody today, as I close, you got to live this thing. you got to discipline yourself. Maybe you need to deal with your own butt, your own glutamous masters. Sometimes you gotta sit your happiness self down. Sometimes you just have to tell yourself, shut your mouth and just do the work of the Lord. Sometimes you gotta learn to ignore the naysayers. You gotta learn, my God, to just trust God and finish the work. I come to tell the church today, stay on course. My God, my God, there's still many souls that need to be reached. There's still people with broken lives. God has called you like He called Nehemiah to rebuild the city. I'm not talking about the natural city, but I'm talking about the city of your own life. I'm talking about help somebody to rebuild their city, help somebody to be better, help somebody to do better. Maintain. Hallelujah. Two is the number of covenant. God and me. Me and God. It's all the same. We are one, not broken. We are one, unified by the grace of God. With my God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I come to tell you today. Keep working on that marriage. Keep working on that entrepreneurship keep working on that right relationship with god keep working do the good work i come to tell somebody you're doing a good work don't come down don't step down Shake